just a new girl, actually. You know, she's kind of into me. You know how it is. What's the name? You know, we this is it's we laying down the groundwork right now. <laughs> you know about the shoulder touch? Of course I do. <laughs> but uh, tell me anyway. Tomorrow, find that girl. We walk up to her and be like, "Hey." You serious, Uncle Aaron? I'm telling you, man, it's science. <laughs> so walk up to her and be like, hey. No, 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 no. Like, hey. Hey. <laughs> no. Hey. Hey. <laughs> you sure you my nephew, man? <laughs> I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Dun, dun, dun. Buddy, and welcome back. We are finally discussing the movie that inspired the name of our podcast, and that is Into the, the Spider Verse. We rehearsed that. We did not. We did, however, greatly enjoy another rewatch of Into the Spider Verse. <sighs> it's been, you know, I think we've watched this maybe. This could be the fourth time watching. Yeah, Yeah. maybe fourth time. And let me tell you, it just never gets old. It never gets old. It's so good. Although I am starting to get mixed up with like the plots in the Miles Morales video game with the Miles Morales movie. Yeah. Well, I think the last time we would have watched this, Miles Morales wasn't out yet. Yeah, but when I think about this movie, I start to think about the video game because they're both like animated and like... Yeah. They have similar, like very similar like plot points but like clearly there's big differences i mean yeah i mean i was um when the game came out i was surprised that they used prowler so significantly because they must have known that into the spider-verse was a huge deal and there was a lot of eyes on the miles morales character but i don't actually know how much like how big the pool of characters is to right i feel like prowler has to be in like every yeah so iteration. they did a good job of differentiating it but this is truly like for someone like me who hasn't read any of the Spider-Man comics that feature Miles Morales, what we're introduced to in this movie is like the definition of these characters. So everything else in in Spider-Man, the first game and in Miles Morales, I'm making mental comparisons, but I just love how his family is presented in this. It's so good. Yeah, and it's not as like sad as the Peter Parker Spider-Man journey. Yeah. I mean, it's still obviously sad like in the video game, they make the choice that his dad dies, which I like that they didn't do that in the movie. I was really worried about that um, when we were watching it because I think, yeah, Spider-Man the game came out before, like the first Spider-Man game came out before Into the Spider-Verse. And if they had done that again to Miles, it would have been so rude because we didn't, we didn't really know Miles as a character that well in the game when that happened because you were kind of seeing everything from Peter's perspective. Yeah, you just know that he has a kid in Aunt May's. Like, he's got a son. His name is Miles. And we're like, <gasps> Yeah, that would have been way harder if it had happened in this movie. Yeah, and I think, I, I mean, this movie, they were able to do so much, obviously, because it's animated. Um, and they were working with not really, like, original characters, but original, like, to the screen. Like, Miles hadn't hasn't had anything... Um, other than a comic before this. Yeah, Miles, Spider-Gwen, Liv, version of Dr. Octopus. Yeah, they they got to really 
dip into the pool of weirder characters. And dip and... into the pool of voice actors. Should we talk about that first? Oh, my before God. Before we kind of dive into the plot. Yeah. It's so stacked. And a lot stacked. of um, uh, MCU returners. Well, yep. Yeah, like, they or, were in this before the MCU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they returned to the MCU. Yeah, it's actually kind of crazy just the sheer number Should of people just that make... ended up being in. Yeah, so... Uh, the the voice actor who plays Miles Morales is one of the few people that I think is not like a huge celebrity. His name's Shamik Moore. Does an incredible job. Like, oh yeah, so good. And then we have Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker. Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy. So she's coming back. Yep. Marshala Ali as Uncle Aaron. Coming back as Blade. Brian Tyree Henry as Jefferson Davis, Miles' Famous dad. Famous Festus. Festus. Yeah. Festus. Lily Tomlin. Not bad. I don't think she's been seen, but I'm not counting her out. <laughs> I'm just gonna even these people that I don't know. I'm sure uh, Luna Lauren Velas playing Rio, Zoe Kravitz as Mary Jane, John Mulaney as Spider. Wait, is Zoe Kravitz supposed to be in any Marvel stuff? No, she's gonna be Batman. Uh, no, I haven't okay. heard anything about that. Uh, Kamiko Glenn as Penny Parker, Nicolas Cage as Spider-Man Noir, and I love. Some Nicolas Cage. Action I mean, he was already what's his name? Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Yeah, let's bring him so. back. Catherine Hahn as Doc Ock, Hello, obviously. Agatha. Uh, Liev Schreiber as Fisk. And if you recall, Liev Schreiber played, what was his name? Sabretooth? In, in X-Men? X-Men? Yeah. Mm, in, um, I forgot that was Liev yeah. uh, Schreiber. Chris Pine is the original Peter Parker. He's, he's not he's from He's claimed MC. by DC, so, you know, we'll, we probably what? won't see him. Well, he was in Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, right. I was thinking of um, the Star Trek movies. Yeah. Uh, Natalie Morales, I guess she played the teacher, which is like... What teacher? The, uh... Oh, the one that, that like, kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Oscar Isaac. Oh, uh, yeah, the playing, post um, I can't remember the character's name. It doesn't show me on IMDb. It says he's interesting person, number one. Spider-Man 2099. Um, yeah. And then we got... Stan Lee. Jorman Tacone voices Green Goblin, which is super weird. I don't he's know one of the who guys from. Lonely Island. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Lake Bell is Vanessa Fisk. Didn't she like, voice... Oh, yeah, she's like the voice double for Brie Larson in uh, What If, I think. Um, Lake Bell, doesn't she do Captain I think, Marvel? Did you, I think she did Captain Marvel and Black Widow, because I was thinking Black Widow. Oh, maybe it was Black Widow. But she did a couple. Uh, we got Post Malone as a bystander. I think that's mostly it for the for the big names, but it's unbelievable. But stacked. almost like I would say, what seventy percent came back for a Marvel yeah. something, or have had a Marvel something or other. It's pretty wild. But clearly, Sony knew what they had here because I think they wouldn't have taken as many risks and been willing to get as many big names for the voice cast if they didn't. Um, they really picked. A perfect story to animate because they were afforded so many more opportunities versus something done in live action even like you know visually yes but also in terms of how the story is told how the characters are being introduced and the fact that we're working with a bunch of people that most audience members wouldn't even recognize and they make it so easy to understand yeah, I mean, yes. And it's, like, geared towards kids, which I really like, because the that's, what I feel like, one, f- not fatal flaw, but definitely a flaw of the MCUs is it's not family-friendly, or it stops being family-friendly, yeah. which is, like, whatever. It's, like, we're enjoying it as adults, but 
Um, if I was like a parent, I think I would be like, oh, this should be more family friendly than it is. Yeah. Um, and this is great. Um, I kind of wish that whoever did what it like whoever did this did what if because they incorporated comics so well in this movie like they have the the capals they 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 do like really visual stuff where like his spider sense is going off like they do it like visually like in the comics and then of course when he's like sometimes when he's saying things out loud that are dumb but also I think a lot of it's like in his head he gets like the little thought bubble. Yeah. Like this is perfect. Like this is exactly how a comic book like animated should be. It's like basically bringing the comic itself to life. Yeah. Um yeah. and I think what if could have really benefited from a more stylized cartoon rather than like the flat version that mm-hmm. they went with. Like I'm not going to fault what if we're trying to go for a distinct style? Because they did. They definitely had a consistent style. But yeah. this is just... This is... Into the Spider-Verse is almost an unfair thing to judge other th- like animated works by. Because it's just like incredible. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Like If what if had been done in this fashion, it would have been way better. But there's a reason why they haven't come out with a sequel to this yet. Because <laughs> it takes... Yeah. I'm assuming it takes forever to actually do this kind of animation. And then on top of the animation itself, like, the music that's incorporated. Yep. And through the story, it's, like, done really well. And I I think that must be something from the comic because that's a big point, or not a big point, it's one of the side plots you can do in the Miles Morales uh, game. game is, like, a DJ thing with his, with his uncle, with the Predator. Um... And it's, like, supposed to be, like, a reference to his dad to, like, doing, like, some DJing-esque stuff, like, yeah. as a kid. And th- that's not what it is in this movie, but, like, music is a through line, I feel like, in both the Miles Morales stories that we've seen. Totally. And as, like, an actual plot point in the movie, like, it starts out with Miles, like, singing a song. Which, Sunflower. Yeah, which is, like, a very kitschy song, first of all. But... That is me. I identify with him so hard because he's like mumbling through the lyrics that he doesn't really know. And that is exactly how I sing every song that I can I confirm know. this. The caption says like Miles flubbing lyrics. Yeah. And that's his whole thing. So just love that. Did you have some other like kind of overarching notes before we get into it? Because I know I just kind of gave a oh, a significant plot point note. Um, I mean, nothing that I can't bring up later. I didn't take a huge number of notes because I figured I just would have a lot to talk about anyway. I did have one note on, I think that they, they did fun stuff with like, especially referring back to the Raimi films. Like, I feel like there's really fun, like nods to it. And I I think it's done really well. Like, not necessarily, I feel like to the Amazing Spider-Man and definitely not to Homecoming, because Homecoming had just come out. Like, they it had come out a year before, but presumably they would have been, like, done. Yeah, already. yeah. Um, but, it like, the puberty stuff, and just, like... And obviously, like, they're referencing, like, the real Peter... Not the real, but, like, the OG Peter not Parker Peter in this. Not Peter Parker. Yeah, what... What's the difference? They just needed a way to differentiate them. But there's not, like, a comic that's, like, Peter B. Parker versus... Not as far as I know. I could be wrong, what but I think What does the B stand up. for? I don't know. 
I don't think it matters. Um, Bartholomew. That was my first thought too. Why? Why? Well, it's what's his dad's name? name? Is it Ben? Is it Peter Benjamin Parker? I bet it is. I bet the B Uncle stands ben. for Benjamin. Yeah, you're probably right. It's probably Benjamin. Anyway, not important. The only other I'll note, I already talked about the aesthetic, but I loved the use of graffiti as another through line, um, as a way for Miles to connect to Aaron and all the stickers and stuff, because I always thought that's really cool. It has so much flair to it, and it's just a fun way to really incorporate like the place that Miles lives into the movie. Yeah, that's also in the video game. Yeah. But he's not the one doing no. it. There's like another character that's like tagging and stuff. Um, I feel like they kind of drop that like through like towards the end of the movie, but then his dad like brings it back. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, I'll let you do something in the. Well, kind of me, yeah. He wouldn't. He's not really having time to to throw yeah. up any stickers. It's also like not his full identity. It's like just something he likes to do. Yeah, man, I love Miles' shoes in this. I know the Nike. In, in the video game, they have him wearing Adidas. And everybody Ooh. was up in arms about it. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, did Adidas like? He's not wearing his Jordans. It, it was either Adidas or it wasn't. I just know it wasn't Jordans, and everybody was upset. I know, but like, was whatever? Did they like? They pay probably, for it. Yeah. Like if it actually. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, Adidas. it was some product, like a partnership or something. But everybody was like, "This is not." Ugh. They just don't look as cool, you know. We really get thrown into the action fairly early in this, and I just want to say that it is pretty gutsy of them to kill Spider-Man for the first time in any movie. You know, of course we wouldn't have gotten the main spider Spider's man killed in their movies, but it was it was pretty rough. I don't think anybody really expected that to happen. Yeah, but they kind of also like backdoor introduce Spider-Man into this movie. Like we start with Miles. Like I kind of thought when we went to watch it to last night it's like, oh, I thought it started with, like, a Spider-Man thing, but it starts with Miles just, like, going to school, like, yeah. doing his thing, and then he, like, basically stumbles upon Spider-Man after he already gets his powers. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is interesting, but, yeah, it's pretty rough. Um, and they, they kind of use, like, a go-to, like, classic, not classic villain, I guess, that we've seen, but, like, a good, like, bad guy to, to do that with. with I Fisk. Agree. One thing that they also do really early which I had a question about was like they introduced Gwen really early and Mm -hmm. she says like I was put into last week but like why would her character be but I guess they all came in at different times because like they all came in at I would say anywhere from a week to a couple days before we meet them all so I'm like sad she's like not in his universe though I know I mean you know they're already hanging out again it seemed like she instantly came back what at the end of the movie she comes back through the portal as he's falling asleep and is like hey you got a minute that's how the movie ends oh i did not clock that any time we've watched it no that was yeah he's it's like the end montage he's like laying in bed and then the portal opens back up and we like see it from gwen's perspective i forgot whoops that's fun. Well, yeah. I'm glad to see that. Yeah. I thought you were just talking about, like, the picture, because there was, like, a picture of them, and I was like, yeah, no. I know he's, like, looking at a picture of them. Yeah, that's the last thing we see before the credits. Well, we don't, like, physically see her, so maybe that's not why, that's why you never clocked it, but. You noted something with the roommate? Yeah. They kind of, they do reference it at the end of the movie when he's having his little montage of what he's doing after the events of the movie end, and, um. Yeah, the roommate that we see throughout the course of the movie, whether he's hiding in his room or 
causing destruction and trying to stop it is um yeah that's Genki, who we meet in the game and was kind of combined with Ned Leeds's character for the Ned that we see in Tom Holland's movies, which is a fun touch because um I wouldn't have caught that at all. He's not really much of a character. He just passes out after hearing Spider Ham speak at one point, which is probably his proudest moment. You know, just another character because they hadn't crammed in enough already. But they do it so well, so why not? He's not really, like, a character. No, it's just, you know, why not have him there? I'm assuming he might become more of a presence in the sequel. Um, So the inclusion of Spider-Man comics throughout the whole movie is, like, such a great touch. So they're, like, okay, from the beginning, and then they, like, show the the front of the comic book. And they do that for each character. So I love that, like, reference, again, directly to the comics. It's literally, like, the comics are being lifted up and being, like, acted out. Oh, and just, like, in general, like, incorporation of, like, comic colors, like, into the movie. And, I mean, I already kind of said this at the beginning, but, like, all of the bright colors that they use. and God, it's just visually beautiful. And, like, even, like, the small touches, like, when everything glitches out, we first see it on the spider glitching out. Oh, I didn't note that. So the spider is from a different paradigm. I hadn't really thought about it. I guess so, yeah. It probably, it was either, it fell out of the portal when it got ran the first time or was like affected by it somehow. It hasn't, the portal hasn't run yet. Oh, yeah. They did like a test. I I forget, does he go back to see it? He goes back and looks at it again. After he leaves with Aaron, is that I don't remember. Yeah, but no, the spider is like, I didn't I didn't realize it was glitching, but now that you say that, kind of makes sense. But it was like definitely like, well, it was like electric, so I think it might actually not have been glitching. It was like the electricity. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Kingpin is like, I feel like the uh, the Kingpin that a lot of people know now is the one that we see in Daredevil, and he's a he's an intimidating dude, but he's also. Just a slightly bigger than average guy. And we were what talking about this, this during Fisk? the movie. Um, you know, a little bit. Average? And the Fisk that we see in Daredevil, he doesn't so much like throw punches and stuff as much as just ram into people as hard as possible and also uh, slam people's heads in car doors to kill them. So he's a different kind of guy. So this Kingpin, who appears to be at least 12 feet tall and has a head that is maybe 5% of his body... Um, and it has the means to have the ultimate version of Green Goblin, who's basically a dragon, doing yeah. his work for him. I'm like, what is going on here? Well, he's got the whole Sinister Six at his disposal. Yeah, which is pretty wild. Because uh, I don't know much about Kingpin. The Daredevil Kingpin was pretty insulated from everything else. So he was basically just running a couple of blocks in New York. And that seemed to be scary enough. He caused enough problems there as is. So. Well, I kind of like that they did Fisk instead of like Oscorp. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a nice change of pace because I feel like because the game Miles Morales game did Oscorp and that other yeah agency or and whatever. the first Spider Man game did Fisk very briefly in the beginning. He was kind of like a yeah a side note. I feel like the reason why he hasn't been used in other movies is because it's hard to make him. I guess, a compelling villain on screen in the span of two hours to Spider-Man because his real power is just being able to, like, just ruin everything. Not, like, physically fighting Spider-Man, but just 
you know, he's a constant threat because he commands everybody else. But oh, I think they could do that really well in a movie, yeah. and I think they should always get Vincent D'Onofrio to play him. Oh well, yeah, he's as far as I'm concerned, he is like he is Kingpin, and the only other person that we've seen act as him, IRL, is um who played him in Daredevil. Like, the Ben Affleck Daredevil. Oh, I was like, what do you mean we just said it has been something for you? He, I mean, he's definitely absurd in the cartoon. He's, like, the only one that is. Like, they do everyone else, like, pretty realistic. And they're yeah. like, nah, we're just going absurd with Fisk. Speaking of Kingpin's henchmen, Prowler is scary as fuck in this movie. Yeah, but he's also, like, cool. He is, but like... His animation is very cool. Yeah. But he gets these music cues every time he pops up. That's like the one that Winter Soldier had in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Do you remember that? Every time he pops up on screen, it does like this like... Thing. And it's just kind of trying to make you jump. But... I well, and like the purple. The purple's very like sinister. Yeah. And like they play with shadows really well in it. Yeah. It's very cool. He's got the cape. He's, he's like the, the prowler. Like yeah, he prowls the, in the dark. He's on the prowl. Um, I went through, like, a journey with, like, the Chris Pine Spider-Man, like, the, I guess, like, the OG, for lack of a better word. Um, does Chris Pine Spider-Man have an MJ? Oh, never mind. But does she know that he's Spider-Man before he dies? I'm sure. But then why is she, like, at Fisk's fundraiser later? Uh, because I guess that... She doesn't want people to know that she knew. What? Does that make sense? No, I don't think so. Because... Okay, so let me just back up. Because this is my whole thought process. Was One, I was like... Because I knew we went on that journey with the Nick Miller Spider-Man. Which is what I call him. <laughs> Jack, uh, Jake Johnson. Um, but, so... I was like, first, like... Is he with somebody or is he just, like, doing his Spider-Man thing? And then, after he dies... MJ's giving a speech being like, I'm like, he's a great person, like blah, 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 like talking about the Peter Parker she knows. And like, obviously everyone knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man at this point. And then like at the end of the movie, she's like at the Kingpin fundraiser. But like, why would she care if people knew? Because she's already like making the eulogy. I don't know. So, I guess it's just, like, why is she at Kingpin's thing? Yes. I have no idea. Because, presumably, even if she doesn't know that Kingpin is the the reason that he's dead, Peter would have at least... It's, like, obvious that Fisk is a bad guy. Like, I just thought that was very strange. And then the other thing that I found kind of disconcerting or strange was that, why is he blonde? I think they just wanted to like differentiate just have, the yeah, two. Just another visual difference, I suppose. I guess. Fine, I'll allow it. Yeah, I guess what I was trying to say was not that is, you know, what I said originally doesn't make sense because her connection to Peter and Spider Man is already there. But um, I kind of liked the concept that MJ knows who Kingpin is, and he probably invited her to this like as an insult. But she was like, "I don't have like protection." against She's him just anymore, so like, I just have to go. Yeah. Which I feel like makes the most sense. Maybe you can help decipher this note. There's a note that says, literally smartest Spider-Man, maybe not the tallest building. 
Oh, is that when he's practicing his web swinging and he runs back down the stairs? Yes. Okay, thank you. So, yes, I was like, finally, Miles is like not just like, I'm just going to swing off of the tallest building in New York and hope I can do it. He goes back down. I mean, I guess the whole point is like he needs to take a leap of faith, but like you don't have to take that big of a leap of faith. Let's jump off the Empire State Building. Also, like he doesn't have web shooter capability until like May gives it to him, which is like most of the movie. Right? Mm. So how does that scene even go? Oh, I know he like falls flat on his face, but does he even like swing then? I mean, either way, more importantly. They went with the web shooter device and not coming out of the wrist like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Which we both said that that made sense at the time, but that it's a lot less gross to have the web shooter. Indeed. Way more convenient, though. I mean, on that aspect alone, Tobey Maguire Peter Parker has a serious advantage over any of these guys. He can never run out of web, as far as we know, except, you know, when he decides to give up his powers ever so briefly. But, uh, yeah, a little grotesque. And the web shooters are cool. And I like when we get, like, the explanation on you tap it once to shoot it and to attach it. You double tap it to cut it off. Like, I love it. I felt like we were in the video game. Yeah. That's the tutorial. It, it, actually, that whole scene, which I'm jumping ahead of my notes a little bit, but that whole scene, I was like, this is how I felt learning how to play the video game. Like, and he's just like, am I doing it? Am I doing it right? <laughs> and just like panicking, like while someone's chasing you. And I'm like, I can't do it. It's like, okay, you got to tap R2 and then tap X gain speed. <laughs> and you just keep hitting X. Yeah. Um... I do like how much they make fun of the great power comes great responsibility. There's, like, multiple jabs at that line. I'm like, they know. They're, like, very self-reflective. Oh, totally. They're playing to the crowd of people that are like, oh, we're doing another new Spider-Man. Like, yeah, the, the more that they say it, like, let's do this one more time. It's like, you know the deal. We don't need to tell you everything. You get, you got the gist of what makes a Spider-Man a Spider-Man. But there are some differences. So, like, the sure. different powers, yeah. which is kind of actually where I'm in my notes. So what okay. a beautiful transition you set me up for. You're welcome. Um, so he, Miles can is, like, electric. Like, he can do, like, electricity. Yeah. Um, he has the web. He, so he has everything that the Spider-Man, other Spider-Man has. And then... Um, also, like, can turn invisible. Right. Is there anything else? And no, the- it's, it's the the electric venom blast, which is kind of confusing, but that's what they call it. And the invisibility. And then the other Spider-Mans we introduced, do they have variations? I mean, obviously the one has, like, a robot. Yeah, we don't see... Um, like, does Spider-Gwen? We don't see anything different from Spider-Gwen. We don't really see anything from Spider-Man Noir, either. Spider Ham just pulls a mallet out oh, of yeah. nowhere, and he's then, Kirby in a Spider Man yeah. costume. And then Penny Parker's got the robot. But other than that, I think it's pretty standard Spider Man stuff. I just um, I I made this joke already, but I'm just gonna say it again. I love Nick Miller as Spider Man. It's excellent. And if you don't know New Girl, there's a character named Nick Miller, and he's kind of like a lazy piece of shit that we all love. And that's Jake Johnson, and Jake Johnson is voicing this spider man spider or parker b peter b parker yes thank you 
Parker B. I think Jake Johnson would be a great choice to voice Spider-Man anyway. Like, I feel like he just has, like, a fun voice for a voice actor. But the fact that it's He's this only good kind for, like, of, a tired Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, this dude Exasperated. is done. And it's pretty funny because both... I know it's intentional, but Peter Parker and Peter B. Parker are, like... We're on the same life path, and then it diverged somewhere, probably along the lines of, like, the whole thing with MJ and, like, not wanting to have kids. Um, him seeing, like, when we see Peter B. Parker... Crying in the bathtub, eating pizza, and just, oh, yeah. oh man, it's so good. It's He's just, yeah, it's, it's, if Nick Miller got superpowers. Literally, yeah. Which and would it be does, bad for everybody. It does kind of give hints of, like, what could happen to our video game Spider-Man if things continue going the way, like, badly for him, but... He's on the up and up with MJ. You know, he's really working on it. I There's, think things turned around for him. They went to Europe. Yeah. During the Miles Morales game. Conveniently. I met all of the Spider-Mans and Porky. How exciting. Oh, well, I wanted to talk about going to the research facility. Oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. Octavius, because we see... I was, like, engaged at that point, so I wasn't taking Oh, well, it. yeah. And from this point on, like, also, we, t- we say this about movies a lot, but great pacing here. Great paced movie. Never a slow point. Really well done. We first, I think, see Liv, Doc Ock, on like a PowerPoint slide in Miles' classroom because yeah. they're talking and about And he her. references that too. Yeah. Which is really cool. Because at that point, you know, we, we can't see her full name. It just says like Dr. Olivia, so-and-so. Um, I think we like know that she works at Alchemax. I don't know much about Alchemax. Another one it's of the basically weird like an Marvel industrial science things. Um, but she's so good and the reveal is great. Her character design is also super cool because it's not like the typical like robot arms. They're kind of like a looks well, like, like plastic thing. Almost. Yeah. Which um, is convenient. Yeah. And then that whole sequence with Miles can't he can't figure out how to relax, so he starts humming the song to himself again, then he turns invisible and then takes the monitor with him. And uh for me it all comes to a head with when they're escaping and we hear one of the scientists accuse Spider-Man of taking a bagel, which of course he did because that was part of the plan. But as everyone's briefcase inexplicably turns into guns, you just hear somebody be like, he took a bagel. It's great. And I just love that. That got like probably one of the biggest laughs out of me the first time I saw it. And when we watched it last night, to be honest. One of my favorite lines also from that scene is when... Like, uh, Liv is like, they're like, oh, is that what your friends call you? Like, I'd let me guess, your friends call you Dak Ak. She's like, no, my friends call me Liv. My enemies call me Dak Ak. And I was like, yes, that's such a good line. Like, I just really enjoyed it. Also, Catherine Hahn, OBS. Of course. And then later, Aunt May is like, oh, yay, it's Liv. Yeah, she so knows like, her. I just, I love that. She's, she's also like, She's seen everything. Like, Lily Tomlin's yeah. Aunt May. Great Aunt May. She's up there with um, Marissa Tomei. Very good. Once they escape, we and we meet Gwen Stacy uh, with a fresh Spider-Man. undercut courtesy of uh, Miles having to... I like that that is a plot point. Yeah, it's <laughs> so good. And, of course, like, when we were watching that, you know, after his hand gets stuck in her hair, which we didn't really talk about the, the shoulder touch scene at all, which is a shame. Hey. Um, <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> I was like, they could have done a better job cutting this hair off, but 
It's like the school nurse doing it. So, you know, of course they're not going to give a shit. But I, I thought that was so funny. But I love meeting all these other Spider-Mans. Yeah. And it, just, like, bringing them all in at the same time, plus the reveal that this Aunt May is, like, so, like, cued into everything and has this lair. And the suits include two of the suits from the Spider-Man game, which came out months before this, so I thought that was really cool. And one of them has a cape. Yeah. Which... I think one of them was, like, a Doctor Strange thing. Mmm, that's interesting. How fun. Yeah. People that wrote on this and designed for it really, really went to town and had so much fun. Yes, they did. I know we've been talking about the Prowler throughout, but at this point in the movie, this is like when he's about to come for a sadder scene, but, um, or maybe that's in a little bit. Yeah, no, this is when he's back at his apartment, I think. Um, I just, it just makes me really want to see this character in a live action. Like, it's just such a fun, not, not necessarily fun, but like just a cool character and whether it's Donald Glover or somebody else, like, I hope that they bring this character into, um, into a live action. I mean, I, and we've said that about Miles Morales too in general, but the Prowler is just cool. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I could talk all day about what I think the likelihood of bringing... Because I, I consider Prowler as, like, a... Even though he's not presented as it in this so much, because he's working for Kingpin alongside Green Goblin, he's more of, like, a street-level villain. And right now, like, that's not really being dealt with in the Tom Holland movies. But a Miles Morales movie or series or something would be a great way to have those kind of characters interact with a Spider-Man again. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was kind of saying in the homecoming episode was how they could incorporate Miles Morales and then also bring in some of, like, the smaller characters that they introduced in homecoming, like Scorpion. Yeah. We make the shocker, you know? I guess. Yeah, him too. I just like the actor. (laughs) But, yeah. Um, Oh, as a side note, I wrote this note in the margins just, like, throughout the movie. Miles, call your parents back. It's, like, there's been a lot of things happening in the city and they're, like, trying to get in touch with Miles. Like, they cut to his parents a lot being, like, we haven't heard from Miles. And I'm, like, call your mom back. Like, I get you're having a feelings fight with your dad and you're going through a lot. But, like, let them know that you're okay. I mean, you're not really okay, but let them know you're alive. This is just like in Spider-Man Homecoming after the whole fairy thing. And Ami is furious because he hasn't returned calls and she's going around checking police stations for him and stuff. And Peter's like, it's fine. Like, I'm fine. I'm like, no. You know, just, just call back once. Be like, I'm cool. I'm studying. Yeah, or a text. Hey, I can't really talk right now, but I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, come on. Let's just, let's just reassure them. They have a lot of stuff to worry about. Because then we get, like, this really sad stuff that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't answer the call or his dad coming to be like, your uncle died. Which I think is really sad. I mean, that's not Miles' fault. But still. Um, and I think it's really ducked up that his dad thinks that it was Spider-Man, but then I, I forgot that they, like, fixed that at the end of the movie. Yeah, thank God. I was like, no. It's like, no, I don't want this. Yeah, that would have been a big bummer. Sorry, I know I'm, like, kind of ping-ponging around, but I think we were watching this movie with our friend Dylan, and he was like, oh, the Uncle Ben moment. I was like, too true. Every Spider-Man's got to have one. As far as the other Spider-People go... I love that the most normal one that we get is Spider-Gwen. 
which is a character that has never been in film before. I also think she's, like, in a similar universe. Yeah. Like, time like, period, for sure. The time period's the same. The story, like, reflects Peter's. Her Uncle Ben moment is way sadder, though, because it's, like, her contemporary, who is, like, Peter Parker, which is kind of funny, but... Not funny, but... Um, like, I think that's kind of messed up that her... She feels responsible for, like, her... Someone her own age. But I guess that's, like, the amazing Spider-Man losing Gwen. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, wait, and he lost, well, because, you know, other, the other Spider's man have also lost Gwen, but that's after losing Ben. Yeah, it's, it's different. It's just, like, they had, like, a one-two punch, but that being her, like, driving thing, and then her mentioning that she doesn't, like, have friends anymore because of that, that's, like, a different dynamic. And I hope that we see a live-action Spider-Gwen one day. I just think the suit is really cool. I like the design of her character a lot. The Gwen, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then (laughs) we go from three, four, if you count the Chris Pine Spider-Man, relatively, like, normal, real-life, real-world parallel Spider-Man, and then we get the really off-the-wall ones. And I only heard of one of these. Well, no, maybe I had heard of Spider-Ham, but Spider-Man Noir, played by Nick Cage, Incredible. Love it. A great uh, choice to bring Nick Cage into yeah, the fold. Yeah, incredible. The wind blowing on him all the time. He's got the hat on. He <laughs> he likes to drink egg creams. And his line about letting matches burn down to his fingertips just so he can feel something. It's just incredible. And I, I can only imagine that Nick Cage had a good time with this. Oh, so much. Also, he, I said this, uh, kind of a mean joke, but he needed the money. He needed some of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> comic book uh his way um penny parker i knew nothing about this character and yeah it could have been made up for this movie for all i knew first appearance was in a comic in 2014 so like a relatively new creation i mean miles is relatively new yeah yeah him too and it was like she came in another um spider-verse comic so they're like let's let's go nuts her yeah her character is super cool don't see too many spider mechs and then we have Spider-Ham, who's just... John Mulaney, excellent choice. Just, like, really great casting all just around. Just some fourth wall breaking. Oh, also, sorry, on the Penny Parker thing, like, I think it's also cool that they, like, clearly made, like, an anime choice with some mm-hmm. of her, like, action moments. I was like, that's, like, a cool way to, like, yeah. kind of do some other cultural, uh, comic-y, whatever yeah, stuff. Yeah, not just, like, Western animation. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's kind of a... No, it's not kind of. It's definitely sad. Because he just doesn't make the cut. Miles does not make the cut for this group. They're all they're all veteran. Yeah, crime I mean they're fighters. protecting him. They're also gonna like slow them down if he goes for sure. in the state that he's currently in. Yeah. But it is still sad though. I mean he could be a good distraction. <laughs> <laughs> he's bait. And then we get Miles going to Aaron's. Yeah. Which is rough. Oh yeah, because he sees him as the Prowler. It's a good twist. It's a really good twist. Yeah, I forgot that that's a twist. Yeah, because you don't... Like, obviously it is. I just forgot seeing it now a couple of times. Like... Yeah. And, you know, no one's going to see that coming. I guess if you really really paying close attention to Spider-Man Homecoming and you saw the little thing that pops up about Aaron Davis being codenamed Prowler, then... But I don't know if... Oh, Kingpin does refer to him by Prowler 
in the beginning, right? He doesn't call you know, him Aaron. He's just like, he's, no, he doesn't call him Aaron. I thought maybe he was like Prowler, like, go get that guy. But I think he, all he says when Miles runs away is he's like, kill that guy. Yeah. And that's when he chases him the first time. Um, you mean they don't ever call him Prowler mm-hmm. in this? Yeah, I'm wondering if they did. I was just kind of trying to put together in my head if there were any hints to this or not. Beyond Miles' dad talking about how Aaron made, like, he some made poor choices. choices. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think I was shocked, I guess. It's not like a vulture-level twist, no, but it is still a twist. Yeah. Yeah, we're coming off the high of that, so anything pales in comparison. Oh, this is like a super sidebar note, thinking about the Tom Holland ones and about Gwen Stacy. I really wish that they had made Zendaya's character Gwen Stacy instead of MJ and did like a spider Gwen with Zendaya because that would be so cool and Zendaya would be so good at that. And, like, I feel like making her MJ, and I think they're going to do something more interesting than they were able to do with Kirsten Dunst's MJ, but it's, she would be much better, like, in action. Like, she should be a superhero. And I don't know if there's ever an MJ that does anything cool. I don't know. I don't, because I feel like I know Spider-Gwen as Spider-Gwen, not Spider-Woman. Right. Even though she, like, says that. She says I'm the first Spider-Woman. But she... But I think it's definitely, like, a Spider-Woman. But then there's also Penny Parker. Right. Who's, like, Spider-Woman, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. More like a Spider-Girl. I don't don't know if MJ's ever really been depicted in that way. I would assume not. And I'm not even, like, faulting, you know, comics for that. I just feel like I wish that we had a... I wish we had Zendaya as Spider-Gwen. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I agree. I agree. That's That would be really cool. I mean, they, they could a, technically do whatever they want. They have an opportunity here if they wanted to do something crazy in No Way Home, but I don't think they're going to Well, because I'm that. thinking that, if anything, they might introduce a spider, a female Spider-Man in this multiverse. Yeah. Probably not, but they could. And I'm like, damn, it just, like... Zendaya's kind of just, like, stuck in the MJ box now. Yeah, which, that is a shame. That is a shame. You can only hope that they do something interesting with her character in this one. Like, I'm sure they're going to underutilize her. Yeah. The same way uh, Kirsten Dunst, I would say, was underutilized. For sure. So I guess um, the next big thing we have happening is when Miles regroups with everybody at May's house and then that kind of leads into the next big fight. Yeah, and the Prowler death. Yeah. Um, So yeah, we got people that we've already met there. So it's Kingpin, Prowler, Doc Ock, and then we see Scorpion, who I've never seen this incarnation of Scorpion before. He has like a Scorpion robot body, which is uh, pretty weird, pretty out there. Who's like the Frankenstein-looking guy? That's Tombstone. Oh, he's in the video game. Yeah, but he didn't look like this. He's like a biker gang guy? Yeah. Yeah. Tombstone in the game is just kind of like a big guy with a huge forehead. I mean, that's what this guy looks like. But he's also, the tombstone in in this, and I guess in the comics, he's like albino. And like, that's what he looks like in the And I I meant to say Frankenstein's monster, not Frankenstein. We all know the difference. I think we let that one slide. The The royal we, I think we give you a pass. Um, yeah, and I think, I think we all 
saw the outcome of this fight coming. Maybe not Aaron being killed on the spot, but there was no way that it wasn't going to play out for more than this without one of them. Well, you know, without Aaron finding out that it's Miles. Oh, I think that's clear. I don't think I assumed that they were going to kill I didn't Aaron. either. No, that's not what I meant. Because that was... Especially, like, Fisk just, like, cold-blooded, like, yeah. shooting him. That is a Fisk move, though. Like, I'm right... Like, I feel like his Fisk is not the kind of guy to be, like, on the spot too often. So, to me, if I could hear his internal monologue, he's like, I came out here with a team of, like, six guys, and now, like, we and have... And now you're hesitating? Yeah, like, what is this? Like, I'm assuming Fisk pays him pretty well. Uh, he's got a fairly nice apartment in Brooklyn, you know? But it was, uh, it was rough. And actually, when we first saw this, and um, Aaron, like, pulls Miles' mask back down, I thought he was, like, gonna try to kill him. Because I thought that was him being, like, I don't want to see your face when I do this. You know um, what I mean? That's a good point. Or, like, but like I- having, like, he- like, he's hesitating still, but, like, like I don't want to see you, <laughs> like, looking at me. Yeah, I don't remember what I thought the first time, but, like, obviously thinking about it now, it's, like, he's protecting him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know what I thought. I did have, like, kind of an overall note on Fisk because I didn't watch the Daredevil series. I do know that it's Vincent D'Onofrio, and I know that he's, like, is not to be tangoed with um, as a character trait. Correct. Um, But I think in this movie, and this kind of just goes back to what we said at the very beginning, is, like, they, it's easy to understand, like, you're caught up with everybody, like, immediately in this movie. Yeah. And this is, like, one of the best, like, succinct villains where they're like, this is a clearly a bad dude. Like, no one feels like they're rooting for him, but they also, like, gave him a compelling, like, he lost his family, he lost his wife and son, and he's trying to get them back. And, like, we don't agree with him, but, like, that's a compelling reason for him to be doing the things that he's doing. Right. And they just set that up, like, very quickly, enough sympathy that you're, like, whatever. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I just think it was really good. It was. It was really well done. You don't need to know anything about him or his backstory to understand why he's doing what And he's then doing. because they chose to do Fisk pulling the strings of everybody, you don't need to give anyone else a background. Like, you don't need to get Doc Ock's background. I'm sorry, Liv. We're, <laughs> on, we're on a friendly basis. You don't need to get Scorpion or any of them because they're just, like being paid by this. Yeah, they're doing their jobs. He's, like, doing the burden of, like, carrying the villain role. That's so true. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Because normally we'd want to know, like, the Doc Ock story here, but, like, I didn't need to know it because I just know she's working for Fisk. Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. And I think, like, when I was saying, like, how this story works despite, like, not knowing a lot of these characters or, like, being having so many thrown at us at once, that's a big part of it. Like, even them just being, like, casually, like, yeah, that's Green Goblin in the very beginning with yeah. Peter Parker. Um, it's like, wait, that's not the Green Goblin we know, but it doesn't matter. Like, it's just one of Fisk's minions. Yep. But it's, like, still a tie-in. So, yeah, I just think that was really good villain work. I do like that when that Peter is... Original Peter is fighting... Goblin in the beginning, he keeps calling him Norman. He's like, Norman, it's like, we can work this out. I I didn't even clock that. That's really good. I'm already, like, at the end, where they're, like, going back to the portal, so I think I was just engaged in the movie and wasn't watching. Or wasn't taking it. What we just talked about, the only thing that really 
is between that and the the final battle is um the scene with his dad yeah which we already talked about a bit um which is just i feel so bad for his dad and um he's going through a lot because he never made up with him which makes me so sad like in a movie full of like really incredible voice acting um brian tyree henry does such a great job in this scene like as uh jefferson like yeah, I didn't know it was that actor until you said that, like, this time. No, I didn't time. either. Like, all the other times that we've seen it. And he's pretty young, especially probably when this came out, because this is, like, right when Atlanta was coming out, probably. This came out in 2018. I think the, didn't we've Atlanta only seen come the first out? season of Atlanta, and that was in 2016. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, so that doesn't really go with my argument. I was going to say, he's, like, really young. He seems really young in Atlanta. Um, I mean, he's very much more matured in... Yeah. Eternals when he plays Fastus or whatever. What's his name? Fastos. Fastos? Or Fastus. I don't, I don't actually know. Whatever. We know who we're talking about. He was, um, he but was... he has, like, a very mature voice in this. Like, I wouldn't question that, like, he's Miles' dad. But, like, thinking about, um, is it Pony Boy? No, not Pony Boy. That's <laughs> from the Outsiders. Oh, Paper Boy. Paper Boy. Same thing. <laughs> thinking about Paperboy, I'm like, no way. Like, there's no way that's the same guy, like, doing this dad and that character. Yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he must have been 34 when the first season of Atlanta came out, and he 34. was... 34? Wow. Yeah, so he was 36 when this came out. Can we just give big ups to Donald Glover for, like, um, jump-starting, like, two actors that have now, like, gone on to become humongous yeah like they've surpassed donald glover in some ways yeah which it would be i would say like impossible to do i mean that might be a different story if donald glover was like doing Doing stuff stuff. no like by choice but totally totally i think he likes the role he's in i really i I just really like i'm talking about lakeith stanfield just yeah everyone else that hasn't seen atlanta (laughs) i really like I like Lakeith Stanfield, but I also really just do, like, Brian Tyree Henry and every time he pops up in something. Yeah, oh, no, he's delightful, yeah. but, like, I'm pretty sure Atlanta was, like, their first big thing oh. for either of those actors. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure yeah. they've been in other stuff, but, like... Yeah, like... That spotlighted the their studio, careers. He'd mostly been doing, um... Like, stage stuff before this, and then soon after Atlanta, he that, started that getting sense, bigger parts. actually. It, 2018 was a big year for him. He was in this. He was in If Beale Street Could Talk. He was in that movie Widows, which was supposed to be really good. That has Viola Davis and stuff. Um, yeah. And since then, it's just been on the up and up. Love it. Love to see it. Okay. So, yeah. Here we are. In another mention of the great pacing of this movie, we're just thrust into the, the final battle here. And... It's like you hadn't even been watching something for two hours already. Or I actually don't know I how don't long know this movie how is. Long movie. I think it's a little bit over two hours, but it's really it feels short. It feels like a ninety-minute movie. I just made that up. It's it feels like a great length. So I guess it doesn't really matter. It's one hundred and seventeen minutes, so it's just short of two hours. Yeah. Okay. Um. So everyone's like going back through the portal. Peter B. Parker wants to be a martyr because he doesn't. He can't go back and face MJ again. That's yeah. his whole thing. Or he doesn't so, want to face his, like, life in yeah. general. Like, after... Especially, I feel like, after... This is, like, unsaid, but, like, he's seen all these other iterations of Spider-Man and what they're doing, and he's, like... 
It's got some reflection to do on how he's living his Spider-Man life. And I would say it's not his best life. A little bit. Um, <laughs> I certainly hope it's not. But Miles talks some sense to him. And I just want to say, like, thanks for everything, Nick Cage and everyone else. Because... <laughs> 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 The Nick Cage, like, leaving. I don't even remember the specific lines, but I just remember being like, this is this is what we all needed, and this is delightful. <laughs> and that whole, like, where they're all going back feels like I'm watching The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and it's like, you were my best friend. You're, or you're my favorite, or whatever. Which I love, given like, that... He's the scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> all these people knew each other for a couple days, at most, but hey... But they all have being, been through the same thing. Yeah, being a spider person can really bring you together. Or not even person, a spider being. It's true. Don't forget about mm-hmm. Peter Porker. How could I? <laughs> I love him. Oh, but it's very sweet, the whole goodbyes. It and, really is. Well, I and mean, I know I skipped past. They do a big fight and everyone's like contributing. The robot dies, which is kind of fucked up. I hope she has a different robot when she goes back. Maybe she'll go back, like, a little bit in the past, so that way she still has the robot, but... Because I think she has the psychic link with the spider that was inside the robot. So she, she still has the spider. Yeah, but her dad built the robot, and her dad is her, her Uncle Ben. It's pretty fucked up. You know, they have to do... Why did they have to do that to Penny? I did think about that, and she doesn't even take the robot back with her to fix it. She can rebuild it. She has the technology. I believe in Penny. Yeah, I mean... Spider-Man Noir gets the Rubik's Cube, which is probably going to destroy his timeline. That doesn't seem like something that should exist in a black and white universe. And uh, when Spider-Ham is like, oh, yeah, that's, all, that's all, folks. And I think Peter B. Parker even is even. like, can he legally say that? <laughs> I think that's so funny. <laughs> and gives away his hammer also. Like, how is he going to get another hammer? And he's like, it'll fit in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably got a bunch of those in there. Uh, bring back John Mulaney as Peter Porker. Honestly, I, I really hope so. I would lose my ever-loving mind if they had that in the Tom Holland multiverse. Just a just an actual pig in a Spider-Man costume with John Mulaney's voice coming out of it. I'm just saying. Please. If something happens. That's a post-credit scene. That's a post-credit scene. I don't know, but we're we were just talking about getting our tickets for it. I will be on the floor if John Mulaney has a cameo in any capacity in this movie. Are you listening to us, Kevin Feige? Kevin, it might be too late, but you can do it. Kev? If anyone can do it, it's you. Kev, it's almost Christmas. Have a heart. <laughs> I love how the shoulder touch comes back. Yes, great callback. Great callback. Because it didn't go so well with Gwen. No. But uh, now that he actually knows how to use his powers... The, I mean, this whole... The whole final battle and the visuals, once everybody are gone, is super cool. And they end up fighting on a train it. still. And when we see the alternate versions of Vanessa and... I'm forgetting his Richard. son's name. Richard, yeah. Rich. And... When they, they pop back into, like, our, or the reality of Miles Morales, and they're kind of, like, having the same reaction that to they Fist had that the they had in the beginning, which is, like... We're scared like, of you. Yeah. Like, this is a bad idea. This is a really bad idea. Um, question for the Daredevil series. How... What is his wife and son? Is that a plot? He doesn't have that? a son. Um, but he's with 
Vanessa and they get married or they try to get married. No, I think they actually do get married in the third season. Um, but does she survive the series? Yeah. And uh, that's like... This is Daredevil season three spoilers. It's kind of old. So if you are interested in watching it, just watch it. Just skip past 15 seconds. Yeah. Um, when he beats Fisk at the end and sends him to jail, his trump card is like, if you try anything, like, I will go after your wife. Like, he was like, I'm not going to arrest her. But, like, she was complicit because she was helping him with stuff. So... Like, he's, as a lawyer, is going to go after her, or as Daredevil go after her? He doesn't say which. Because I know what Fisk would do. He just says, I will go after your wife. And he's like, okay. Like, kind of. He (laughs) admits defeat after that, yeah. God, I would watch Daredevil just to watch Vincent D'Onofrio. That's how much I love him. I'm not Even though, like, I'm scared of him. Like, I would have nightmares about him as a character, I think. We should watch it. So good. Um, My last... Two notes. I don't know where you're at. Mine are kind of like overall. Mine are just like overarching like end notes. That's why I was pausing. I haven't had notes for like okay. the last hour of the movie, just being honest. My my main note is I wouldn't change anything about this film. Nope. Just make a Miles movie. Like a, a live action movie. Yep. Like I really just... Even though, like, we have this, and, like, this is perfect, like, I, it just makes me want more, and it makes me want a live-action movie, because I prefer live-action over animated, but, I mean, this is the best animated movie I've ever seen, probably followed by The Incredibles. I mean, it's, it's a 10 out of 10 movie, and... I think... And it won the Oscar, like, that was just the icing on the cake. I forgot that. Is that in your fun facts for later? No. But, just a fun fact now. Yeah, because I remember when that happened. Well, before it happened, everybody was a bit cynical because Incredibles two had come out the same year, and they're like, "Well, it's definitely going to go to Incredibles 2. But Incredibles two was not as good as this movie. It was not even. It was fun, but it was not. Yeah, it. There, as far as I was concerned, like there really wasn't any real competition. Like I remember before we saw this movie for the first time, like some of our friends had seen it, and I knew on my periphery that this was coming out, but I was like very confused about like what it was and like how it fit into all of the other Spider-Man and MCU stuff that we were getting, especially because Homecoming had just come out. So I was like, "What do you mean they're making another Spider-Man?" And I think I was like aware somewhat of the like sony disputes with mcu so i was like what is happening and then everyone just being like no it's like really good i was like i just didn't get it until i saw it yeah and and then i was like no it's really good you had to see it i mean that's just how it was (laughs) the other thing that i was just gonna say on the end here like like i said perfect movie don't change anything but if they do a live action i think something that will be really interesting for I think especially, like, the lens that they did with um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is, like, exploring his dad being a cop because that is kind of, like, grazed past in this movie. Yeah. And I think that that's obviously, like, ripe for a lot of um, conversation, I guess, in the movie or, like, dialogue plot around that. So I think that that would be interesting coming out now especially a movie that deals with that i would be surprised if the second one didn't try to grapple with that somehow and i I do think it this hurts me to say but i feel like they could do more with it if his dad does die like i think that would 
give more of a wiggle room to be like we're distancing ourselves from like police yeah if his dad is not currently a police officer yeah i don't want that to happen though i know i I don't either but but i don't want that to happen um, because I do think one thing that they do in the video game with Miles Morales is they definitely distance him from the police because they're like, yes, his dad is like a former cop, former poli- chief of police, I think, in the mm-hmm. game. Yeah, he's really high up. Um, or like, yeah, really high up, whatever he is. Um, no, because Gwen Stacy's dad, I guess, is like the chief of police. But that's what? not in the video game. No. Yeah, no. I think they just changed it for that. Either way, that in the game, Miles Morales, not in the Peter Parker game, like they kind of stay away from the whole cop thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like they obviously, it's part of the character, but it's pretty heavy in the first Spider-Man game, and then they moved away from it completely. And I yeah. think that was a conscious choice. So. Yeah, definitely. And like in the video game, that his mom is running for. Um, county council or like a local political seat whatever it's called in new york city yeah and i just i think that's really fun like i think they did really great choices again like the miles morales video game was like such a good story um like that could also easily have been made into a live action totally do you have any fun facts about the movie for us yeah like are there any like easter eggs in the movie one of the really obvious ones is all the nods to Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Yeah, is there a list of them? Because I was noting a couple as we watched, but um, I would like to hear some of them. Like, we see the the upside-down kiss with MJ. Yes, we yes. see him trying to stop the train in Spider-Man mm-hmm. 2, uh, doing the Spider-Man 3 dancing and <laughs> finger guns. That's what I meant to point out. That's when I said in the beginning, like, they made a lot of references to the Raimi films in the best way possible. Like, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, Chris Pine Peter Parker is... Toby, Toby Maguire, Parker. It's that makes the most sense. I wonder if they thought about getting Toby Maguire to voice him because that would have been cool. Yeah, it would have been fun. What else was he doing? I don't. Great Gatsby. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I think that was at least five years before this. Uh, and he stops the car uh, from crashing through the window when he's like having lunch with MJ. So they got. They really went really did. hard. It was obviously him. But oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you I hadn't seen that. Spider-Man 3 when we first... Even the, the last time that we rewatched this, I don't think you had watched it yet. And you are like, I don't get it. Or maybe we... No, I, I just didn't... I don't think I said anything when... It, I, I understood that they were setting up. Like, I'm the cool Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess... I, I don't know what this article is considering easter eggs but it was saying that miles himself being teased in homecoming um and talking about how he was introduced in 2011 and the comic writers and artists that created him had i think fairly large involvement in the creation of this movie i actually saw one of them his name is like listed in miles contacts in his phone there's an easter egg for you that's fun Oh, well, one thing that I did notice this watch through, and I don't think I had before, um, there is a logo that shows up right after the Marvel logo in the beginning, which you may also recognize from our icon for our podcast, uh, which is the Comics Code Authority approval. And it showed that on the screen. 
which is just fun. Because as noted in this article, um, Marvel hasn't used that on any of their comics since 2001. Like, that's, that's gone. Yeah, but it makes sense for this movie because they were doing so many of the comic covers. Yeah. I it's loved just, it. It's so self-referential. I love it. And they talk about how there are actual Spider-Man comics in the in universe, and uh, that also happens in X-Men, in Logan, which Molly has not seen. seen Logan. Logan. This isn't really a spoiler; it's like a side thing. But there are X-Men comics, and people are like, "Oh, like you're Wolverine. I've read about you in the comics." And he's like, "That's not like what happened. That's like they not just they just made I that am. up." Yeah, <laughs> which That's I really funny. like. Yeah. I like stuff like that. Yeah, it's fun. Well, and I, I actually meant to say this at the beginning of the movie. They do a good job of, like, Spider-Man is Spider-Man. <laughs> okay, let me take that back. <laughs> we can leave all that in. But, like, him as a character in the movie is, like, like, we know him as the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Like, yeah. he is, like, that character and, like, it would make sense that, like, Miles would maybe have... He does have the... Co- that's what I'm thinking of. He has the comic of Spider-Man that he looks at. Yes. And it's like, that all checks out. And I think that was just, like, a really cool meta... It metaverse. is super meta. <laughs> um, thing. This podcast is sponsored by Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Thank you for the million dollars. Thank you for joining Into the Metaverse. We are rebranding. <laughs> um, but I, I just like that... Like, they know him as a comic book character, but he's also, like, a genuine quote-unquote hero. And, like, yeah. his dad being, like, kind of fuck that guy, but his mom being, like, no, he saved his life once. And so I just love all of it. I know I didn't articulate that very well, but I think we all know what I'm saying. But it was funny. What, me trying to articulate it? Spider-Man is Spider-Man. You know what I mean? The last one that I'll mention, which is still not too much of an Easter egg, is the presence of Spider-Man 67 in the post credit scene. The pointing? If you're familiar with the Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man meme, it's a classic. And I think it was a bit fresher still when they used it in the post credit scene. But that killed when we saw it in theaters. Um, and it's just such a great touch. Because it's also a fun way to introduce a new character. Um, I had forgotten it earlier, but Spider-Man... 2099, a.k.a. Miguel O'Hara, voiced by Oscar Isaac, who will, I guess, show up in the sequel. Oh, I see. I didn't know. I just thought it was, like, a funny thing. Like, they weren't actually setting anything up. But that I would mean, be a waste of Oscar Isaac. Yeah, they, they gotta have to come him. back. But another... Oh, we said that at the beginning, but another mcu Oh, we didn't mention him. Yeah, I mean, did. I said his name, but I didn't say that. It's kind of... Yeah. Oh, okay. I said that's another one. Or yeah. Um, okay, so which Spider-Man, to wrap up, which Spider-Man would you want to hang out with the most? I think I want to hang out with Peter B. Parker. Nick Miller I think I, I want to hang out with Nick Miller Spider-Man. I mean, she's kind of intense, but I gotta go with Gwen. Gwen Spider. Yeah. Spider-Gwen. Both very good hangs. I can't hang with Spider-Ham, because I think his hands are always wet, and he... That's when we, when we meet him. Yeah. yeah. Away. And I don't believe him when he said he just washed his hands, quite frankly. My, <laughs> my alternate is just kind of want to hang out with Liv. Is that bad? I mean, not if you're friends. She probably won't try to kill you. I feel like she'd protect me. Yeah. 
against spider. Against, <laughs> uh, something has gone wrong. <laughs> I can't hang out with Spider-Man Noir. Um, I, I can't because deal you with don't the, like um, egg, egg creams. Egg creams. Yeah, I don't think they have lactose intolerance where he comes from. And regular Peter Parker, nah. He's too like perfect. Yeah. And Miles is like too young when he's like maybe five years older. But I yeah. guess Gwen Stacy's kind of the same, but she's like way cooler. Right. Peter, Sorry, Miles. Peter B. Parker is just like literally some guy, like someone that I would be friends with. For sure. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, and I actually should have mentioned when we were talking about Easter eggs, I meant to bring this up early in the movie. One of my favorite touches is that every time a new Spider-Man comes in, well, at least the first couple of times, we see Times Square and the big tip-offs about that we're in an alternate universe is Coca-Cola, is Coca-Soda. Uh, and we have like things throughout the movie that Jefferson Davis's police car doesn't say NYPD, it says PDNY. And there's like... That's funny. Yeah, and there's like, uh, an oh hello on Broadway which thing, is... but it's hi hello, which is John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. Of course, John Mulaney. I didn't even yeah. think about that. When you, somebody, either you or Dylan who were watching with pointed it out, and I wasn't even thinking John Mulaney. I was yeah. just like, oh, yeah, that was coming out, I guess, at the same time. And there's probably so many more that I didn't catch. The only other one I saw was uh, The Weeknd. There's like a Weeknd album cover for his, for his album Starboy, but it said Kissland, which is actually his album before that, which is just like... Well, does he do some of the music, too? I don't think so. Really? It must have been a Sony thing. Because Kendrick Lamar did... Um... Not for this. Black Panther. Who did... This, I mean, the the big song for this was "Sunflower" with uh, Sway Lee and Post Malone. I don't know who did the the other one that I really. Oh, I guess that's the, why Post Malone is like a character. Yeah, and obviously that song was hugely successful. I feel like that song could have been that probably helped this movie too. I didn't even know that song was Post Malone. Yeah, <laughs> but there's like other like hip hop. Yeah, in this yeah. Movie. The other big one is like the the What's Up Danger one. I don't know who does that. But that was another strong suit that it shares with the game. The Miles Morales game has a really good soundtrack. Like, it has Kid Cudi and Jaden. I did not know that. Yeah. Maybe you said that when we were playing it, but... It's cool. Um, which of the Spider-Man Miles Morales powers would you want to have? If you could only have one. If I could only have one? I would take the invisibility. Are we counting web swinging? <laughs> it's really to me that question was really just between the venom powers and invisibility now i think the web swinging is included as a power oh then i would want the web swinging yeah i'd want swinging yeah it's just incredibly preferable to public transit i mean you played the game you know how fast you can get across manhattan just by web swinging unbelievable one thing that they don't even bother with with the whole invisibility thing in miles morales is like that you're close don't also become invisible. They're like, no, fuck that. We're just not dealing with that. Because, like, that's a big plot in Fantastic Four. Drink, because I said Fantastic Four. But her clothes are always... So she always has to... Which is, now that I'm saying it out loud, just like a sexist. I think we know why we why they did that. Oh, God. Fuck that. Because that's not a thing. Like, I was... I didn't know that you were referencing Fantastic Four. Because I was like, in the game, it doesn't matter. It's just... He'll go invisible with everything. I know, but I think that's also a thing in, like, Incredibles... She has to have a special suit that can also turn invisible. I mean, it makes sense. Like, if you were the person turning invisible, like, your clothes wouldn't also. Yeah. But 
Or like things that you're touching. Yeah. For Fantastic Four, though. Well, I don't know how much more we can say about what I've already said is a 10 out of 10 movie. 10 out of 10. But there's a reason why we named our podcast Into the Superverse. Not only because it's fun and encapsulates our brand, but because this is an incredible movie and it deserves respect. Yeah, it's it's not only this, but it definitely was heavily influenced. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, this is truly like I th- I think a lot of people like us included will separate it from the other Spider-Man movies just because it's animated, but it deserves its place as like It's like the video games, yeah. like they deserve their place. They are like this tells such an incredibly good Spider-Man story. And our buddy Dylan, friend of the pod that we watched this with last night, I think he considers this his favorite Spider-Man movie. So It's a good time. Yeah. Excited for the next one. And Kevin, if you're still listening, we'd like to see that Miles Morales live action film. Thank you very much. You got us, right? Check back in soon. We'll continue our Spider-Man marathon. We only have one more before, before the we're big at one. No Way Home, which is crazy. It does not feel like that long ago that we started covering the Tobey Maguire one. I guess it wasn't. We've gone through these pretty fast. But it's been a great time. And we hope you've enjoyed going on this journey with us. And we are out, out of, of the, the Spider-Verse. Oh!